Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Good morning. Isn't life delicious? Today especially, it's just beautiful today. This is another version of the textbook. And for the last four weeks, Reverend Larry has been teaching from this book. And he's going to continue next week with talking about what we believe and some other things, values, etc. Um, but today being Fifth Sunday, we used to do a thing, questions and answers of science of mind. And so I thought maybe that might be kind of fun since we just uh, study the last four weeks of Science of Mind. People might have questions about it. At the end of the major part of the teaching in this book, which is only this month, it's not quite as daunting, uh, Ernest Holmes, our founder, says this. In conclusion, what the world needs is spiritual conviction followed by spiritual experience. I would rather see a student of this science prove its principle than to have him repeat all the words of wisdom that have ever been uttered. It is far easier to teach the truth than it is to practice it. But the practice of truth is personal to each, and in the long run, no one can live our life for us. To each is given what he needs, and the gifts of heaven come alike to all. How we shall use these gifts is all that matters. To hold one's thoughts steadfastly to the constructive, to that which endures, and to the truth, may not be easy in a rapidly changing world, but to the one who makes the attempt, much is granted. The essence of spiritual mind healing and of all true religious philosophy is an inner realization of the presence of perfection within and around about. It is the hope of heaven, the voice of God proclaiming, I am that which thou art, and thou art which I am. So that's the heart of the teaching. And the questions are forthcoming any moment. <laughs> Lots of them. And we're not obviously going to get to all of them. And as we did this a few years ago, some of the questions had absolutely nothing to do with science of mind. And so that's why I thought I'd write them down. I mean, things like, oh, I know, I won't even ask you what some of the questions were. <clears throat> okay. How can I train myself to believe? I'm not sure what that question is. How can I train myself to be, I don't, I can't understand the writing, so I'll put out another one. How can I train, oh, I, how can I trust myself? Ah, how can I trust myself? So the idea of listening to yourself, you need to know, <clears throat> you need to go to that place within that knows that the voice that you're listening to is not your ego voice. It's not the voice that says, I want. That is not the voice of the infinite. And we all have that voice within us that's speaking to us all the time. But we don't pay attention to that voice because it doesn't have the carrot attached at the end. Or we think the carrot isn't there. The thing that's interesting is that when you begin to pay attention to that voice, 
no matter whether it's a carrot or a beet or a car, whatever it is shows up. So when you learn to discern whatever the the voice within you is speaking, if it has an I want attached to it or an I need attached to it, that's not the voice. Because whatever you need is provided automatically. You don't have to even think about it. So that voice that's an I want or an I need is the ego. Most of the time it's the ego speaking. Okay, so hopefully that answers that a little bit. Oh, why don't I feel perfect, whole, and complete? Oh, isn't that a great question? (laughs) Well, a couple things. One of them is feelings don't have anything to do with the infinite. Feelings are a human perception. And so we can change the feelings anytime we want. We have the choice of how we feel. I know it doesn't feel that way, but we think first and the feelings follow. And most of the feelings that we're experiencing were created when we were quite young. And they're anchored in our conscious, in our brain, literally in our brain. There are little grooves in the brain, little snapses. And so when something goes on around us, that reminds us or connects to that snap and that snaps in the brain, then it automatically follows that. And so that's how our experiences get anchored in our, in our lives. So when we're, when we're really little, when we're like from birth on, we have experiences and when you're really, really baby, the, the experience that you're having is from the people that are holding you or the people that are cuckooing you and doing all those things we do with babies, speaking in a a ridiculous language we do with children. Um, (laughs) So what happens is we respond as infants to the expressions. And so if mama's smiling, then we're happy because we're the center of the universe. Remember when we're little? Those reactions get anchored in our brain. And then as we grow older, they get reinforced because those are the ones that were created. And so they just keep, it keeps going and going. And so all those messages, all those messages get anchored in this brain. So messages of, ah, ah, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Messages that you were given when you were a child who, you know, and we, and well-meaning people give us those messages. But when we're little, we don't have the, the cognizance yet to discern whether they're true, whether they're not true, anything. We, don't, we, we just take them in, we just absorb them. And we believe them because we don't have any other choice. So then we keep getting, as we grow up, we keep believing those same messages and it keeps getting reinforced, reinforced, reinforced. You're not whole, you're not perfect, you're not complete, blah, blah, blah. And so then we believe it. All of that's a lie. The truth of your being is that you are whole. You can be nothing other than whole because you were made out of a something that is the entire universe and beyond. And so for that something that is just absolutely so magnificent, we can't even begin to wrap our little mind around, that something created you. And so that something, as, as Nancy was talking about in the prayer, is who you are. This human form, this stuff, these molecules and things, are just the container. Who you are is deep inside this, the DNA. 
And it has nothing to do with, basically, this human form. This human form is just simply the vehicle that that spirit inside of you is using to express itself. Am I getting through to anybody here? So the whole perfect and complete refers to your spiritual wholeness, your spiritual perfection, the spiritual part of you that is the essence of your being. And so when you get in touch with that, when you connect in that silence, in your places of meditation, when you begin to listen to that, then it becomes evident that that's who you are. And you can begin to live from that place. And all of those other messages that you received when you were little just fall away. They're not the truth of who you are. Just not true. Now that takes some practice. Take some practice. That's what spiritual practice is about. It's about letting go of all of those false ideas that are created in this human experience that is not who you are. And that takes commitment and consistent practice. It takes diligence to go there. All right. Oh, gosh, this is a nice question here. How do I know when my thoughts are? Okay. Right as opposed to the condition, like when I'm looking for a, a new job, am I choosing the one I expect is for me because I'm conditioned to believe it, or am I chasing the one spirit is lead, leading off, choosing the one spirit is leading me to? Okay, here we go back to this human condition that we're all living in, and that wants a job, and it wants, you know, blah, 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 what it really wants. Nobody really wants a job. I mean, really, you all agree. <laughs> People want to feel supported. They want to feel nurtured. They want to feel respected. They want to feel all kinds of things. They want to feel creative, and they want to feel whatever it is they're creating and giving supports other people and supports eventually them. And that's the way it really works. We're giving our gifts. So when we're working at a job, we, we, we have a lot of attitude around that, don't we? <clears throat> so we can, we can do that job or that work with a feeling of giving and a, a feeling of creativity, a feeling of what can I bring to the table? What part of me, the best in me, can I bring to this situation? Or we can look at it as a means to an end. We can go every day expecting the paycheck. But what that does is it lessens us. We live then from a littleness, a smallness, that is not who we are. Who we are is expansive and huge in comparison to this little tiny little box that we've put ourselves in. So what we want to do is to find something that supports that inner self, the creative self, the self that is giving. We all love to give. We were talking, I was talking with Kathy, who's, as you know, the volunteer coordinator. And I said, you know, there's so much fun to, to be had in just volunteering. And people want to give. Y'all want to give, because y'all want to receive. <laughs> That's the way it works, cause and effect. So what we want to do is to bring our hearts into alignment with who we really are.
not the surface. We don't want to play out here in the surface. We want to go deeper. We want to go deeper because that's where, that's where the gold is. That's where all the magnificent lies. So we want to let go of all this super stuff. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so gosh, there's so many questions. We could do this all afternoon. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay. How does science of mind understand these principles as they relate to people with mental illness? If someone is, quote, out of their mind, how can, their, how can they mind their mind? <laughs> and be responsible for their thoughts? That's, this is a really good question. Um, where does mental illness come from? Where do we think it comes from? Do you think people are born mentally ill? I don't think so. I don't think they are. I think that's something that's created after they're here. For some reason, I have no idea. You know, one of the things about our arrogance as human beings is that we think we have all the answers, and we don't. I certainly don't. Ernest Holmes didn't. You know, the answers are there. The divine intelligence is unlimited in its response to everything because it created everything. But yet, our little teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny minds, <laughs> you know, think we know everything, but we don't. We can tap into that awareness, we can tap into that intelligence, but we rarely do. We rarely do. So I don't honestly know the answer to this question. I really wish that I did, but I don't. So let me find one that I can answer. <laughs> uh, okay. Would it be correct to think, quote, something good will come from this rather than everything happens for a reason? As I understand it, spirit is all loving, but this world or reality is neutral. Well, kind of in, in, in a way, it's kind of reverse. Spirit is neutral. We decide. We as human beings decide whether something is good or not good. In truth, everything just is. It just is. And we frame it around whether we decide it's good or not good. But basically, it just is. And Ernest Holmes uses the word good, as I think, in reference to that. It just is. And we decide, I love the story, um, it's, a, it's I think a Buddhist or Taoist story about the farmer, have you all heard that story about the farmer whose, whose horse ran away? Have you heard this story? Well anyway, farmer has farmer had a horse and it ran away. And all the villagers said, oh my gosh, how awful your horse ran away. And he said, oh maybe yes, maybe no. So then the next day the horse came back. But the horse brought 10 other wild horses with it. So, oh, all the villagers said, oh, what a great thing. Your horse came back, your horse came back with all these horses. Oh, isn't that a great thing? Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Well, then the next day, his son was riding one of the horses and f trying to break one of the wild horses, and he fell off and he broke his leg. And all the villagers said, oh my, it's too bad your son broke his leg. And the, villa the, and the farmer said, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Well, the day after that, the king sent his soldiers all around to get all of the able-bodied boys in the, in the um, kingdom to go to war. And they didn't take his son because he'd broken his leg. All the villagers said, oh, isn't that a good thing? Well, maybe yes, maybe no. <laughs> so, so, and so on it goes. So, 
So whether it's good or not good, it's up to us to determine. But what my experience has been in my life is that all of those things that I thought were the most disastrous at the time they were happening turned out to be gifts, super wondrous gifts. Once I could clear away all the wreckage of my thinking that determined that they were really awful experiences. In truth, they were really phenomenal. But it took me to get my bloated nothingness out of the way. Okay. Ah. Where do you find forgiveness when I struggle with giving it? Mm. Forgiveness, as as, uh, you know, Marilyn talked about the workshop coming up. Forgiveness, I believe, is one of those things we need to to do moment by moment. In order to receive, I believe, unconditional love, and in order to give unconditional love, we need to live from a place of perpetual forgiveness. And that means acceptance. Acceptance of what is all the time. Because that is what is. Right now, the only thing that's happening is this moment. Are you bored? Are you present? Are you someplace else? Are you thinking about where you're going to go to lunch or what's going to happen later on? Or are you here? We go forward, we go backwards, we anticipate the future, we relive the past. And it's perpetual motion all the time. Our judgments around it, our ideas about it, or it's good or bad or indifferent or whatever. But the only thing that's happening is this moment. And right now, I think it's pretty darn grand. (laughs) This moment is pretty great. So I think forgiveness, really, is about acceptance. It's accepting life the way it is not the way that we want it to be different. Because when we get into that place of wanting it to be different, oh, how we suffer. We suffer. We create our own suffering because we don't accept what is. There's a wonderful thing. I was looking through some papers the other day, and it was a little thing from, I don't know, some class or something I took, and it said, you know, we suffer because we want stuff. If we didn't want stuff, we wouldn't suffer. So the, re- the way to not suffer anymore is to don't want stuff. But what ba- basically we want is we want it to be different than the way it is. And that's where forgiveness comes into play. It's accepting. Okay. Ah, did Ernest Holmes ever speak of oneness with earth, nature, all life, not just humanity? He didn't address it from our, the perspective that we would talk about it right now, but since he believed, and, and we do in, in Science of Mind believe, that the only thing that exists is this one something. The only thing that exists is life. Life itself is the only thing that exists anywhere, anytime, no matter what. In the first service, someone, want, someone had a question was, is there death, or what do you feel about death? We don't really believe in death. We believe in transformation of form. So, and I use the example of the tree outside. There aren't any leaves on this tree right now. In a few months, there will be. 
when the leaves all fell off of that tree, it went into the soil beneath the tree and acted as a compost and fertilizer for the the leaves that are going to be blooming on that tree pretty soon. So our form, this form, is going to go away. It'll be transformed into something else we know not what. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So far, people have ideas and concepts about that. But again, it's our little tiny mind trying to figure it out. And we can't figure it out. All we know is that there is truly only life. Life transforms, life changes, but life is the only thing that exists. So, oneness with everything and everyone. I think I told a story about crying over a roach in the shower in Mexico one Sunday. I was going someplace and I turned around and here was this roach. Well, the roaches in Mexico are big. You know, these guys. You could name them. (laughs) And um, so I turned around and here was this roach in the shower with me. And of course, he was on his back or she was on his back dying. And I just started watching it and I was just apologizing that I didn't have the heart to kill it. I just didn't. I couldn't stand the crunching noise. (laughs) Honestly, that's the truth. And so I started talking to it. And as I was talking to it, I just started realizing that, you know, that it was life and that I was one with that life. And, and, and I just, and I, so I started crying and here's this roach. (laughs) It's like, oh, this is ridiculous. But anyway, I finally, I left. I said, well, I have to leave. And, and, um, so I'm, (laughs) So I'm leaving him in the shower, and I shut the door, and it was a different room. And I said, well, I'll see you when I come back or not. And <laughs> so I came back, and several hours later, and it was gone. I was like, oh, my God. So um, anyway, I don't know what happened. I don't know whether our little chat had anything to do with it, but, but it left. But anyway, there's only life. So whether it's a roach or a piece of grass or whatever it is, there's just life. Or spiders. Yes, you're a little spider. Uh, How can I better show my genuine self to lift up others? How can I be my best expression of good? Practice. Practice. Just practice. Practice coming from your heart. And if you don't know what that means, sit with yourself in the silence long enough so that you find out what your heart feels, thinks, believes. Come from your heart always, always. And you can never go wrong. You can always share your best self, which is your heart. You know, the heart is much more powerful than the brain. Oh, and the other thing, just as an aside, when Ernest Holmes talks about mind, He's not talking about our brain. He's talking about that one mind, that infinite expression of of all that is, that mind, that intelligence, that infinite something. That's what he's referring to in science of mind, in case people ask that at some juncture. So how can you be your best expression? Just do it. Just do it. Consciously do it. Make a point of doing it doing kind little things. You know, I was talking to someone recently who does little things just automatically. And I thought, wow, what a wonderful consciousness to have of doing kind things whenever you are just see it, somebody needing something, do it. You know, don't hesitate. Don't be so driven by the fear of what will other people think. The only thing that's important is what you think. 
what you think about how you are and how you feel. So come from that place. So we'll do one more and then, and then we'll do some prayer. Oh, how do you deal with heartache or pain? Hmm. Heartache and pain are part of our humanness. And kind of like I was joking a minute ago about suffering. When we want something to be other than the way that it is, we suffer. When we lose someone that's close to us, that we're connected to, that have moved on to another dimension, we feel loss. That creates pain because we want that person to still be with us. We want their touch, we want their tenderness, we want their, their, just their life to be connected with us. And so we feel hurt, sorrow, sadness. It's natural, it's part of being human. And then we move on. We acknowledge it. Don't try to stuff it and make it go away. If you're sad, be sad. You know, if your heart aches, be with that. Don't try to cover it up. Don't put a little spiritual bypass on it. It doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve anyone else. Because when people are sad, they're sad. When people are hurting, they're hurting. And what they want is comfort. They want other people to connect with them. Don't you want that when you're hurting, when, you're, when your heart is breaking? You want someone else to say, like your mother, well, you hoped your mother would say, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Because everything really is all right. But we want to comfort one another when, and when those times when we're hurting. We don't want to bypass it. We, don't, we want to experience it. You're here to experience life in all of its ways, all of its experiences. Be full out into it. Be passionate about all of your life, even the parts of it that aren't perfect, whole, or complete. Because underneath all of that, you already are. So let us pray. So we go into that place, that place, that internal place where the voice of the infinite speaks to us in all ways. We go into that place that recognizes and affirms that there is only life. This beautiful, phenomenal, amazing life that we are all living. Just even the thought of our physical body is just astonishing what it does without us even lifting a little finger, even a thought about it. I have no idea how to grow an eyelash, and yet my body just automatically does it. How amazing that is. So I recognize this power that is moving through me, as me, right here, right now, is the infinite, is that goodness, that sweetness, that joy that I experience as a human living in this form. So I give amazing thanks of gratitude for this experience and for the opportunity that I have to move into the world with grace and ease and joy and delight. So I affirm right now that this physical form is living in this world of experience with delight, with joy, with anticipation of greater and greater experiences yet to come. And as I affirm this for myself, I affirm it for each person here today.
I affirm for each one and accept for each one that deep willingness to go into their own heart and say yes to themselves, yes to their magnificent, beautiful, fantastic, whole, complete self right now, recognizing and affirming that there is only good, only God, only spirit expressing through and as each one of us. Each one today making a commitment to themselves to deepen their practice, to deepen their connection with themselves so that it may go forth into the world, connect and unify with every other being everywhere, no matter the form of that life. And so in gratitude, affirming and knowing that this is absolutely the truth, I just simply release this word, I know it is done, I let it be so and so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, You can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.